everybody, Con Artist here. We're back to talk about the second half of the highly anticipated Ancient Magus' Bride. So, all right, so this would be episodes, what, like 14 through the end? 24? 24, 24 I yeah, I think it's 24. Okay. Um, so, I think we're going to split this cast between talking about the things we didn't like. That's what we'll start with. And then we'll end with the things we really liked. And then you'll get a little, hey, should you watch this out of all of us? Hmm. All right, so let's let's hear some of the bad stuff because there was bad stuff. Uh, I think who wants to who wants to start with that? I mean, I'll, I'll kick off, I guess. Uh, I mean, heading right to the end of the show, like I feel like the ending was kind of like wonky. Like from from the part where everyone she has ever met came together to help her, like with relatively little explanation, including this like the very very nearly identical or incidental witch character. I felt like came out of nowhere to another round of how did she survive that gaping wound to like, wait, how did that spell work again? Like I didn't have a solid idea of why things were happening and it, I don't know. It felt kind of, kind of thrown together there at the end. I don't know if you guys had a different opinion on that. Well, it definitely doesn't feel like, oh man, this is what we've been building up to this whole time. I'll tell you that Mm. it was, yeah, it was just kind of a, let's rush into this thing. Um, let's dredge up our villain again after not uh, hearing from him from most of the first half of season two and just, you know, slap together a somewhat satisfying ending out of the whole thing. I don't know. Well, it was more like a feel good ending, I would say, than it was a satisfying ending. Uh, oh, absolutely. Just to throw it out there, this is definitely not the ending ending. Like there's mo- more manga. So... Yeah, I don't know that they were shooting for like the strongest ending, but yeah, I I didn't I agree with Dan. There was not like a climax like wow, we've really been building to this moment um with the villain. I'll be talking about in the good stuff. I do think there was a we've been building to this moment with Chise. Okay. But um yeah, it, it wasn't the strongest showcasing. It didn't 100% make sense. I think they were trying to tease like this is what's coming up next maybe with introducing the witch council. But that all felt like such throwaway stuff. Yes. <laughs> Very perfunctory. Why did we even meet those guys? Like, we had this whole plot about going to meet them, and they're like, we can't help you, and we're sorry for inviting you. And they're like, okay, I guess we'll leave. Yeah, that was the extent what? of it. Like, that's it? Well, but they, they I mean, they, that triggered the whole thing with Stella. Because, like, she gave him the idea to do the, right? I mean, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, there's spoilers here, folks. Go ahead, Brennan. Like, right. I mean, it, it wasn't until like they were leaving the council and the like the the witch that invited them was like, oh, hey, Magus, dude, you know what you could do? Oh, okay. That's try to that's... get try to sacrifice. Oh, that's somebody right. Somebody else in her place to the yeah. Curse. You're right. A like, life oh, for a really? life is the only way. Yeah. That's fair. I guess it, I guess it did kick that off. It did. It just yeah. It felt like we introduced like a lot of characters for let for relatively little gain, but you got a good point. Yeah, there are there are other characters who or other uh people and things in the show that could have uh could have gotten that thread going without this whole side jaunt. Hmm. So the ending just yeah, felt very unsatisfying. But by the way, uh Brendan, way to call it in <laughs> season one. What but he says it out loud again. <laughs> yeah, but even still, like you definitely knew what was going on like alex was christian for a very long time and he had no clue when i tried to bring it up to him 
yeah, it's not canon. I don't think. Uh, it don't. I I can't even remember how I learned about it. I think I was reading some conspiracy theory. For for those who, for those who may not have who may not have caught this in the last time, it's the fact that the main character is the main, main villain. Is the wander? Yeah, the main the main villain. Sorry, is the wandering Jew, a character mostly from like. Like biblical apocrypha, bigger biblical apocrypha, and like European folklore in the Middle Ages, uh, some guy, some guy who like did he like throw rocks at Jesus or something as he was on his way to the cross? I think that was the idea. I yeah, I don't know where that legend came up. Whatever the case may be, he was cursed with eternal life, and it turns out that our villain Joseph or Cartophilus is that character, using both of the like uh, common names for him. Yeah. Hmm. Regardless, applause for for Brendan. Yes, mm. nice work. We... Good on good on mm. that. I would say though, the most disappointing thing for me, it's like I never really cared. Like I did not like um, Cardiphilus as a villain anyway. It's like because you're sad is not a good motivation for this. Though at least at the same time, they did at least acknowledge it's like this entire situation isn't entirely the dude's fault. He has completely you know lost it over the course of two thousand years. So. He doesn't even remember why he's being, uh, why he's stuck living forever. Um, but again, that doesn't make him a compelling villain. It's just, he's a force of nature. He's just, he's like, oh, he's just crazy over there. And occasionally he's going to show up, wreck our things, and we're going to have to fix this. But for me, the most disappointing part was Chisei. Now, I know, Sue, you say that you enjoyed uh, aspects of Chisei's growth, and while I do think that she definitely became a more interesting character over the course of the show, it feels like there was a arc for her in season one that culminated in her, you know, becoming an apprentice wizard, like for realsies. She gets a wand and everything. She does the whole like Firebird flying back to uh, fly- flying back to uh, Elias and Elias. all of that. And that was like that was cool. It was like, oh man, like this is magic. It's all it's all happening now. And like, okay, maybe she's not as powerful as he is, obvious, uh, obviously, but. She's she's coming into her own. She's she's gaining a taste for this power and she's understanding like how she needs to how she needs to use it and how she can, you know, now she has to learn how to be responsible with it and not kill herself. And then for the majority of season two, it's like, yeah, we're never going to let you use magic because the moment you do, you cough up blood. And then when she could use magic in other circumstances, she simply doesn't. It just it feels like we we had all that build up. We had that like moment of payoff and promise and then nada. Everything else, the plot starts happening, or like you said, with uh, you you described this in other shows. It feels like the plot happens around her more often than her actions leading it. She just kind of reacts to things and instinctually drives the plot forward whenever she has to be self-sacrificing. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll follow up on that. I kind of agree. Like in general, I was disappointed there wasn't more magic in this show about wizards. And yeah, a big part of that, I think, is Chisei. Like, it's been a year uh, in show, like, like since she met Elias. And I don't, I never really got the sense that, like, she'd really learned anything. Uh, like, yeah, the whole sequence where she gets her wand is awesome. And you're right, there's a lot of promise there. But then from that point on, the things she does are either so powerful she's going to die, like she she draws all the power out of this dragon and gets this, like, ancient impossible curse, or the handful of, like, quote-unquote normal magic she uses, like the sleep spell or whatever, are uselessly weak in the context of, of the of the plot. So I felt like, man, we kind of missed an opportunity for the for her to be an apprentice magician or an apprentice wizard, which is, which is really too bad, at least from my opinion. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll take from there. And uh, there is, I, I should say, maybe I didn't spell it out right. There's one element of Chise's growth I found to be really great. So that'll show up in the good one. Yeah, Chise herself, I think, really struggles as... <sighs> the show doesn't want her to do anything. And I think this... I'm actually going to take it in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, besides the magic being disappointing, I think... There, there was a moment where, because the crux of it is Chise's relationship with Elias, and I actually thought this was really neat, the way they ebb and flow, because in the beginning I didn't like it, and I, I liked that I didn't like it. Like, it was interesting to me to have a relationship that was, you know, imbalanced and kind of broken. Hmm. And as it kept going, like, that got better like Elias was sort of like oh okay I have to learn to like let her do her own things or like he experienced jealousy at her having a friend for the first time and that kind of dissolved into them having this really poor sort of codependent relationship which was very unhealthy and I thought the show was gonna kind of address that and it sort of did like when Chise goes to him at one moment she's like you're being possessive and this is bad and you need to back off and I was like oh hey yeah we're, we're learning she's and, grown a spine right and at one point she leaves him she's like you are a terrible person and oh, I'm and rightfully so. with you yeah and walks off and I was like yes yes okay but like it was never, like, 100% enough, and the show was protecting Chise. Elias was always protecting Chise. I mean, I was impressed that even when they meet up later on, Chise's like, just so you know, I'm still pissed at you. Good for and her. <laughs> they do kind of fight even after he saves her, and she's like, mm, well, you were a, you're a jerk, so you deserved it. So that was that was good, but it, it did feel like the show was constantly shielding her and she didn't get to push out of that boundary physically. Like, the one time she pushes out of anything, she ends up with this ridiculous curse, and it's like, all right, great. Like, apparently she can't do anything right. Right, and the key word there is physically, because I'll be talking about in the good part how I do feel like her emotional growth was really impressive to me. Hmm. I guess, do we have other other negatives? That was really my my main one. I was not a fan of Ash and I's voice direction. Like, I don't know what they were going for, but it, it was a little bit off-putting. His weird, whimsical, like, hello, and, yeah. and you're like, please stop that. <laughs> you are, uh, like, I get that you're kind of going for, like, the mysterious gin kind of thing here, but it really, it feels like someone putting on an act rather than an actually mysterious being, I guess. Which I guess is appropriate to the way he acts, like he has this whole, like, mask and he never lays it on, but you're right, the voice isn't great. So he could he could have been done better. Trying to wrap him into the final like bit of villainy there also just felt like they were kind of like grasping at things to throw at them after a while. Yeah, he was not the most interesting villain either. Spoilers, he doesn't like actually die, even though he gets cut in half. And that was disappointing. I was so sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I was just like, oh, can you go away now, please? And of course, he's. Like, there's multiple characters in the show that are even older than 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's like, we could, we could do that. I'm, yeah. I'm down with that. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, move on to some of the good stuff uh, that we have. So, Scott, why don't you go again? Sure. All right. I mean, I mean, we say it a lot, but, man, the art in this show is great. Like, 
it just looks good all the time. Uh, so I think that's that's a big plus. Uh, specifically, man, Iceland. Like, Iceland has it all. Anytime we're in Iceland, it's like solid character development, poignant drama, and sheer visual beauty all in one. I just want to stay in Iceland in this show forever. Can we just go and chill with Lindel and the dragons? Seriously, those are the best parts of this show. Okay, like, maybe if the dragons ever shut up, then then it would be great. <laughs> Uh, what else is there? Uh, we learn a lot more about Elias, which I think you've you've sort of uh, mentioned a bit there, and it's it's interesting stuff. Like he's not the all powerful ancient wise wizard; he's more like a child with ridiculous power, and like Chise sort of has to figure that out and figure out how to live with him, and also sort of guide him towards not being kind of monstrous because he doesn't really he doesn't really get you know normal human morals or stuff like that so that's good that's good stuff and as part of it like chise really starts to come into her own uh by the end as a like you may have said like emotionally or as a character like she makes demands she wants to get things done she's not just reliant on elias to to uh i don't know to, like to protect her and tell her what to do so oh and the, and the mythology used for the show continues to be like pretty great like it's fascinating and it's also uh, either you know accurate quote unquote historically uh, as much as you can be with mythology or at the very least inspired by it in interesting ways mm-hmm. so plenty of strong stuff and I will say while I wasn't a fan of the of the main villain I thought that the way that they unveiled his backstory at least was interesting like it was a it was a a suitably monstrous take on someone hmm. who has lived forever all right yeah I can agree with that yeah Ah, uh, yes, for me, so the, like Scott said, the research is just incredible. I mean, really incredible. I think you, you owe it to yourself, almost if you're into the Celtic sort of British mythology, just to experience this for that. I mean, this, the writer, she is, she's done her homework. So definitely all about that. Um, I think what I want to get to is the way the show used trauma and the way the show kind of triggered it early and then released it later. Um, I think it's it's easy to understand that Shise is a very traumatized character. And the episode in particular I want to talk about is the one with her mom. Ah, yeah. the, eventually, Cartophilus and her, they uh, switch eyes, which is kind of like the mirror to the soul. And Cartophilus gets to go sort of inside of her and drudge up the memory of her mother. So you get the full-blown story, aside from, like, the little snippets of her being choked that you, you've gotten before. And it's like the show is letting all that trauma play out for Chise. And there's this incredible moment where, after it all plays out, and Chise's sort of watching it happen... Her mom appears to her in like the flower field, sort of like the episode with the Cat King. And her mother's like, do you understand how hard this was for me? Like, your father left us. He took your brother. I I was trying to defend you against these these creatures which kept appearing. My life was so difficult. You like, you've really been put in the perspective to empathize with the mother. And she's like, do you understand this? And she said, looks at her and goes... I do understand, but I'm never going to forgive you for killing yourself and traumatizing me that way. But I have to let you go now. Like, I love you and I have to let you go now and you cannot chain me in place like this. And I think, I mean, that was the buildup we've been waiting for 
for like 20 something episodes and it was it was just probably one of the best episodes i've ever seen of anime period just nailing that that feeling of trauma that reaction to trauma that you know trying to let go but knowing it's always like in a way going to be stuck with you and having chisei just you know with no hesitation say all these things that was enormous emotional growth for her so i really loved that and just to other points of emotional growth i think her demanding things out of elias her getting angry at elias for things he chooses to do her telling him like this is not right and this is not okay and i am not okay with this was really great for me to watch her come out of that that shell and reach that emotional plateau uh, the other thing i thought was nice was the dragon's curse dan described is going to kill her very painfully she gets this like gigantic mutated arm and it's going to eat through the rest of her body and kill her and and she says to i think it's elias or ruth at one point she's like you know for the first time, I'm getting my wish. I'm, I've wanted to die this entire time, and I'm finally getting this thing that's going to kill me. And now it comes at a time when I don't really want to die. She's hit that point where she's crossed over into feeling some sort of value in her life, to feeling for other people. And that was a huge moment. I think, for, for her and mm. for us as the viewers, for her to get there, like, really on her own, I, I think was That's true. Elias is, Elias is not exactly a supportive... Uh, no. Yeah. A supportive He's person for helping. emotions. He's a good He's listener. Helping. That's about it. Uh, Neville <laughs> is helping. But I think what's beautiful is later she's like, Neville, thank you so much for helping me. And he's like, I'm not helping you. This is the me that exists in your mind. This is the you that wants to reach out to others but is so afraid to do so. And now you're finally letting yourself do that. Like she cries for the dragon who's in pain because suddenly she can empathize with it. She's reaching out to other people with these slow, painful crawl. And man, was that amazing and gorgeous. And for me, so well done. And I, I felt that growth was the heart and soul of the show. So while I didn't think she reached the plateau physically and there's not enough magic and whatever her emotional growth so if you distill it all down to that wow just wow and for me that's enough to to give this show a plus hmm. oh i mean certainly in the end yeah this show is worth watching yeah i think for me i'd recommend it i'd, I'd say give this a shot just it looks beautiful it feels pretty most of the time i think if you're gonna if you get stuck with the broken relationship of which it still is, um, then it's gonna be tough. But I give it a recommend. I mean, at least there's there's often people in the show that are you know they're telling them, hey, this isn't healthy, mm -hmm. uh, which is good. Like it's not like the show is endorsing what's going on with Elias and Chisei. I'd argue that it kind of implicitly is because they are still our main characters. But even so. I honestly, I would recommend the show as well, even though I have my problems with it. I think it's worthwhile, if only as a conversation piece, because, you know, there are points on which I have talked to other people that I, you know, we both vehemently disagree about how certain things are portrayed or, you know, certain characters' motivations being justified or not. And the show does a very good job of showing people with very different, you know, very different viewpoints, very different, different ways of viewing the world, Elias being a basically a sociopath and Chisei with her damage is just 
everyone's motivations at least are worth exploring and you can you know you can form your own opinions whether you hate it or love uh hate it or love it for each character individually but the way they play out together is definitely worth uh worth a watch yeah and certainly i would if you know if they make more of it i would certainly want to see it so it's always a good sign awesome brendan where are you with this show it's um i mean i still have a little kind of mixed feelings about it but uh like it is uh, pretty well put together uh qualified recommendation i guess hmm. like you've, you've all brought up very good points that i don't really have anything to add to at this point all right okay so watch it and i think you're gonna get a mixed reaction out of it because there's so many different elements and like dan said it's such a such a discussion piece. Discussion enough that it merited its own podcast for us. So mm-hmm. two podcasts, yeah. Two podcasts. So yeah, it's it's definitely a discussion piece. All right. Well, that was that for Ancient Magus. We'll uh, break out some other anime that I think merits its own cast. I don't know what that'll be. Maybe Frank's. Maybe Frank's. Will maybe Frank's. But maybe not for a great reason. Yeah. What were you thinking? The Frank's cast. Yeah, exactly. Why are there two X's? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right. So, well, thanks for listening. Tune in next time. This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.